Hello and welcome to the Shine podcast. The Shine Women's Mentoring Service supports women across Scotland in making real and positive changes to their lives following involvement with the justice system. In this episode, we hear from Sammy, one of our prison-based champions, on her role in helping women in prison prepare for release and the support that follows. Good morning, Sammy. Thanks for joining me today to talk about your role with Shine. Perhaps it would be a good place to start at the beginning. When did you first hear of Shine and how did you first get involved? Morning, Robert. I first heard of Shine through an alert that I had set up for jobs matching a specific criteria. Uh, I was at the time employed as a prison officer in HMP Adiwell. I had been there a few years and I was looking to move on for a number of reasons. Um, so I got the alert that was advertising a vacancy with um, access to industry for a Glasgow-based mentor uh, working in a kind of multi-agency project with women being released from prison. And when I seen that, I thought, bingo. It was exactly what I was looking for. Um, applied for the job and, yeah, got the job and was all ready to go. You are now one of our prison-based champions. How did that role develop? Well, as I mentioned, I had applied for a role as a community-based mentor um, and I'd been quite happy with that. However, a couple of weeks in, it transpired that there was a prison-based role that needed developed and filled. So I, I think Shine had been under the impression that SPS were filling that role and SPS had been under the impression that Shine were filling it. Um, and my manager, Adele, knew that I had a prison background, obviously, and asked if I would be interested in that role. So I jumped at it, to be honest, because it was a perfect mix for me. Um, I had loved working in the prison environment. I loved, you know, the kind of banter and the sheer mix of people. But I also really wanted more freedom to really help people than what a prison officer allows you. So it was really good to be able to develop that prison-based champion role. So, Sammy, what is it like being a prison-based champion? What sort of things do you do? My role's got lots of different aspects. So that, you know, there's lots of admin-based tasks. There'll be like checking the admissions of women each day, um, going through the prisoner record system or PR2 to see if they're eligible for SHINE. Uh, listing them then to be seen, um, updating PR2 with outcomes of appointments or refusal to attend appointments even. Any kind of interaction that I have with women needs to be recorded on PR2 to show you know what work we're doing. And then I have the face-to-face -face aspect where I'll see the women who've come in, I'll be explaining the service to them, you know, we'll talk through whether they have support, whether they need support, or you know whether they even want support at that time. Um, if they want to, I will then take the referral, if they want to sign up to the service. And then the other kind of face-to-face -face stuff includes really being a middle person a lot of the time. So that could be you know between the, the woman and her mentor, having to maybe try and relay information that needs passed on quickly. Um, or it could be between the mentor and the SPS. If you know the mentor doesn't have the contacts within the prison that they need to reach 
for a specific issue. It could even be between the women in the SPS, if they sometimes feel like they don't quite know who to go to in the prison for something, they can come and speak to me and you know, I can then point them in the right direction or maybe take that forward for them. Um, and, you know, if I also spend quite a lot of time emailing, um, that's a big part of my role, to be fair, is emailing, you know, maybe mentors to collect information that we need on plans that they've made with a woman um, for pre-release. Uh, it could even just be, you know, letting them know that one of their mentees has returned to custody and, you know, letting them know where they are. So, yeah, there's, it's quite a kind of multifaceted role, um, prison-based champion. It's, it's more than just you know, signing women up to the service. It sounds like you work alongside a range of people. So prison staff, Shine's women and Shine mentors. What do you think is the key thing that helps you work well with these different groups of people? I think having perspective is a really big part of making those relationships work. So, you know, being able to empathise and put yourself into other people's position, it lets you approach situations or conversations from a place of balance and it's also really important for me to be authentic and to be realistic and you know not make promises that I can't keep because otherwise you quickly lose the trust of the women especially but also of members of the SPS because they're putting their trust in me a third party to help the women in their care and you know they have a duty of care to those women so for me uh, yeah, I think that the biggest thing is just to be really honest. We might be speaking to women who feel really uh, worked up about a specific situation. If I go and take that to the SPS in that same worked up manner, you know, it's just it just causes conflict. So it's really important to try and bring things back down and, and work things out from a clear perspective. What do the fantastic days look like and how do the more difficult days feel? I say fantastic days look like me interacting with a woman who's, you know, perhaps suffering severe anxiety over her situation, whether that be being in the prison or her release from prison, which is very common, and seeing her leave the room with a smile on her face, seeing her, you know, visibly relaxed and feeling that she's happy with the support that I've offered or that she's receiving and that she can perhaps be a bit hopeful for a future that's that's what is really good for me because I feel you know these women go through so much anxiety and pressure and stress and to see them genuinely relax and smile doesn't happen very often uh, so for me that feels great to know that I've gave the women that that bit of peace of mind so the more difficult days um, are those where I see a woman who I've met or worked with before and I see that her situation has worsened considerably, um, whether that be her mental health or her physical health or her offending behaviour. And it makes me kind of take want to take her home and fix her. And, and, you know, I need to remember that, you know, not one person can fix anybody. And we need to have faith in the multidisciplinary way of working that, that we do have and trust that all the people involved in that women's support are doing their part to bring these women back to a stable place that they can build from and that can be really difficult you know not knowing that you you need to put your faith in everybody and trust that it will work and not 
try to mother women <laughs> and take them home and fix them like they're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> how did the pandemic change how you did your work? And what did the successes look like and feel like? It completely turned my work on its head, uh, to be honest, because, you know, one day I could only do my work from within the prison. You know, the women that I was working with were in the prison. The, the All the records that I needed in PR2, the record system, was in the prison. So I could only do it from there. And then the next day, it was a case of trying to get some form of list of women who were currently in prison, go through that list and try to remember which women I had seen, who was suitable, who was still to be signed up, who had refused already. So it was intensely difficult because without PR2, I had no way of checking whether these women were really eligible for the service. You know, I could look and see that she was serving six months, but then I couldn't check whether she was on a supervised release order and would therefore not be eligible. I couldn't check her risks and conditions, whether she had any history of violence towards people. So it was really, really difficult. I um, also couldn't see whether they had been transferred to another prison, whether they had been released. So we got to a point where we were relying on a, a weekly report that was sent out from the SPS, you know, to tell us kind of which women were in, where they were, um, but, these reports were effectively out of date as soon as they were printed, because as soon as, you know, it's a live system. So as soon as that report's printed off, the next woman who is released or transferred or brought in, you know, we don't know that until the next week. So that was really, really difficult. Um, but, you know, we, we got around it and we had, you know, discussions about what was the best way to get that information. And we used contacts within the prison to try and get some more information. Um, and we got to a way of working that was manageable. I think one of the biggest successes was the introduction of mobile phones for women being released from prison during COVID. It was pretty much the only way that we could ensure that the women had a lifeline on a release. And it was a means of contact because at one point, you know, all the shops were closed. She couldn't be released from prison and just go to a shop and buy, you know, a, a cheap page of go phone. And this way she had a way of calling, you know, the benefits line to set up her claim. She could call her mentor, women's aid, if she was, you know, in a, an abusive relationship. Just calling her family, anybody at all, it meant she had that connection to society. So I think that was definitely one of the biggest successes. And a lot of the women did say, you know, if they didn't have that, they, they honestly didn't know what they would have done. You just talked there about connection. So the pandemic came along and you obviously weren't just like everybody else was 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 not allowed to go into the prison and, and to, to, to see the women and to meet the women who you have already begun to work with. You've already introduced, maybe already signed up. How did you as a prison based champion during the pandemic lockdowns keep in touch with those women? We we started to email the women. So we were using the email a prisoner system, which um, we had used before, not not as a, a main means of communication, but we had used it, the mentors would use it just to keep in touch with the women. But it became our kind of sole communication um, during that time. So we had templates set up that we would use to email the women who were in prison to say, you know, 
this is Shine, this is what we do, this is what we could offer you if you're interested. Um, if you feel that you do want to sign up to the service, if you could just provide the following information, just a couple of really short questions just to get that initial consent and agreement to work with us. And then we, when we got that, we would then allocate to a mentor and the mentor could then start contacting the women in the prison that way. So that was really helpful because otherwise, you know, there, there would have been pretty much no communication until agents visit started back up, which was months and months and months later. Um, we then managed to start getting uh, phone calls set up, but that was not as consistent because, you know, it really depended on the SPS staff having the time there to facilitate those calls. And if there was something happening and the, you know, the staff couldn't make it to the phone at that point, or, you know, th there was people off in the prison with COVID and they were short-staffed as it was, then the phone calls couldn't be made. So email a prisoner was really was a, a godsend for us at that point. Yeah, sort of the mainstay, the, the sort of the, the foundation, really, to yeah. keep ticking over. Now that we're out of the pandemic lockdown period, what is new for you compared with pre-pandemic? Um, well, as I mentioned, the you know the providing the liberation packs and the mobile phones to the women being released from court, um, just you know as a matter of course, is something that's a new part of my role um, compared to before. So it's just added kind of another aspect to the prison-based champion role. And I think it's really appreciated by the women, you know, having the liberation pack, which is the kind of toiletries and sanitary products and things like that, just as a, you know, a kind of starter pack there that they don't need to use the only money that they have. Um, and the phone, obviously, as I mentioned before, being a lifeline. So that's a pretty new part of my role compared to before COVID. And also the switch to Microsoft 365 that means that I can now access like my documents from both, you know, my laptop and the prisons, which means I mean it's really helpful because if for some reason I can't get access to the prison, you know, maybe there's something going on that day or the women are locked down or, you know, maybe it's something, you know, in a personal circumstance, which thank goodness hasn't happened yet, but if I was to be off, I could still access some of that work from the from home. So that's really good. And that's that feels very new because, you know, obviously with my role being in the prison, I've, I don't think I'd worked one day from home in the whole 10 years that I'd worked for Shine <laughs> or eight years at that point. Um, and I think the more widespread use of, you know, Teams and Zoom is another kind of new normal for me as well. And it's great because it means that I can meet up with colleagues you know, more often than I previously would have. So if I wanted to meet up with the other prison-based champions, for example, that would take at least half a day because, you know, it would require travelling to a location that's central for everyone. And now I can, you know, pretty much jump on a meeting at nine o'clock, meet with all the other prison-based champions for an hour and then head straight into work. You're also one of our Shine mentors. Tell me a bit about that part of your job. I loved being a mentor. Um, you know, all the things that I wished I could have done in my role as a prison officer, but wasn't allowed to because it was seen as, um, you know, going over and above, you know, you need to have your boundaries and you, you can't be doing this. So, you know, whether it's helping a woman to create something nice to send out to her kid for a birthday or, you know, this woman's got a... She's got an application for a private let. There's a real chance that she could have a private let 
on release, you know, and she would say, you, you know, can, can you help me do that? As a prison officer, I wouldn't have been allowed to sit down and do that form with her and send that off to a landlord and it, that would have been seen as, as, you know, going too far. Being a mentor was great because I finally felt like I was doing all the things that I really felt were very important for people when they were being released from prison. And I didn't, you know, I could do them and not feel that I had to go to a manager and say, I'm okay. That was that was the stuff that the managers were loving that you would do, you know. So, um, yeah, I felt like I could be doing loads for the women. I loved that no two days were the same being a mentor, you know, and you could be doing a million different things in one day. But at the end of it, I would feel like I'd done something worthwhile. Um, and that might have been, you know, as I say, securing a flat for a woman or you know, helping her build relationships with her family again. But, you know, also, even if it was just that I had made woman, one woman feel a bit happier or more confident or just even a wee bit less down than she was yesterday, then that was OK, too, because that was all part of, you know, the different the different parts of being a mentor. So, yeah, I loved my role as a mentor. And I, I only... You know, I only kind of stopped that because I came back to work part time after having the kids and I felt I couldn't do both roles justice. I didn't want to just be there one and a half days for the women because I felt that wasn't fair to them. What for you is the best bit of your job? What makes you come back every day? I think for me, it's having the chance to speak to women and to help them realise that they've got well, they can have people in their life if they choose who have their best interest at heart. You know, um, it's like each day signing up a woman and, you know, maybe that's the day that that woman's ready to make a positive change in her life and knowing that that never stops. So, you know, I could go into to Pullman today and there's a woman that I've signed up six times before and she's come back to prison every time. But today might be the day that she's finally ready to make the changes and live a positive life. And that makes me come back every day. To find out more about Shine, visit our website at shinementoring.org. Thanks for listening.